dig. Welcome to the Things We Dig podcast, where we talk about pop culture and bullshit. Here's what we're digging on today. You take your crusty socks uh, that you have under your mattress and fling <laughs> them around. I'll eat some pizza on the fucking pizza bus any day with my dudes. Mikey, again? The crust just slices your cheek. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Hey, hello there, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Things We Dig. My name is Dave. Cowabunga, my friends. This is Chris Vig. Radical dudes. This is Steve. Oh, yeah, brothers. Pass me a piece of that pizza. Welcome to the pod. Hop, uh, hop on the party wagon with us, y'all. Welcome. It's Alex. Yes, my friends. We are hopping back on the party wagon, baby. I hope you brought the beer this time, Fig, and also the pizzas, my dudes, because we are talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the trilogy set of films from the early 90s, early to mid 90s, I guess. Just jumping right into it, guys, leading off with a little lightning round for you. Who is your favorite character from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe? For me, it's always been Leonardo, man. Those double katana swords just always been so cool to me. So Leonardo for myself. It was also Leonardo for me, just being the leader. But uh, just to mix it up, I'll say uh, the fun one, Michelangelo. Mikey. Party guy. Ooh, I always thought they had, when I was a kid, I thought they had some of the coolest villains. So I'm going to have to go with Krang. Badass, crazy cyborg man with the brain is his power source. Super scary looking. Lifeless eyes. Had the terror drum. He's badass. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go off off the cuff here and I say badass villain as well. Shredder. He looked crazy. His name was badass as well and he was was badass for the third time. All right. Well, I guess I'll throw it out there. I'm going to go with the badass, rude, and brooding cool guy, Raphael. (laughs) Oh, he's rude but cool, man. The hothead. (laughs) So just given a little overview of these films or just the franchise in general, something I didn't know until like honestly recent years was that Ninja Turtles did start from comic books originally in the mid 80s, which eventually led into the cartoon in the late 80s, which led into these feature films that we all grew up on and loved. I don't know about you guys, but I think I had just all three of the films. It probably came in like a little box set at one point or another. Uh, did you guys have all of these films growing up or did you watch all of them when they were brand new? I definitely watched these movies all the time, man. I feel like they were always on TV. I'm sure we probably did have the VHS too as well, but I feel like these are, they were so popular. They were just constantly on TV and just always on in my house along with the cartoon too as well. Yeah, same. I had the VHS for the first one. Uh, second one just recorded, but yeah, uh, definitely had them. My usual story on here, man, my older brother, William, discovered all the cool shit first and had the VHSs just ready to go on the rack in our home. So I watched these all the time as a kid. We had the toys. Uh, I was very deep into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. Yeah, I really sadly can't remember, but I, I want to say along the lines is I watched a lot of TV as a kid and it had to have been all over it because I loved them so much and I can remember vividly watching these bad boys multiple times. Yeah, completely. I think even 
for myself the cartoon I might have might have just been on like when we were kids through I don't even know what network that would have been coming on but definitely was watching the cartoon before I think even I saw the movies but uh the first movie was titled Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles it was released in 1990 it made 200 million in the box office and was the highest grossing independent film up to that point I believe which is pretty wild to think 200 million 200 million in the box wow. office for the yeah. first film um I, I guess you could say almost this was like the peak of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to a certain extent especially at this point in time would be around when this film was released a little fact that I'm stupid that I forgot about was Donatello was played by Corey Feldman in the first film and after <laughs> knowing that I was watching it and I was like this is totally Corey Feldman and I never knew that shit dude <laughs> you can hear it for sure I did not know that till right now I don't think he was in the other two movies though right I feel like no. listening to Donatello I'm like that's definitely not Corey Feldman I think I think the voice uh, or the actor changed in every film for that character honestly oh, wow. yeah I definitely didn't know that when I was two <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The motherfucking Corey Feldman man. and maybe maybe that helped I'm honestly boost the sales or the interest in going to see this film because 1990 Corey Feldman he still had a little bit of draw I would like to think in the box office dude mm-hmm. do you guys remember how old you were when you saw this first film just like very young well it's funny you say it came out in 1990 and what steve said we're two years old i i feel like i didn't watch it though until a little bit older at, at least five or six years old but that just goes to show you how popular that movie was it was still on tv all the time i mean think about watching a movie five to six years after it came out and it's still being one of the hottest movies around so i'd say about five to six years old maybe a little bit younger but from for memory i would say about that age. I was just going to say, I agree with you, man. It, it's hard to really put a point on when I watched it, but the fact that it had it had gone that long and still was that relevant. I mean, today, it, give a half of a year and, and people stop watching something. I mean, it really comes and goes so quickly. That five, six years difference and we still loved it that much showed how big it was, I guess. Yeah, I definitely started, uh, like I said, my older brother loved it already. So I probably was watching it from an extremely young age. I don't really remember. The first time I remember watching it, I was like, yeah, four five probably but i know i saw it before that for sure it is crazy when you guys put it in that perspective too because i wasn't even thinking about that but given for the time a movie could be released in 1990 and we could be you know introduced to it in like 94 95 as young kids and it can still be relevant whereas today you can almost have a great film come out and be forgotten pretty fast especially for like kids you know Mm -hmm. today you almost have to release like a timeless film to be remembered to that long like a masterpiece otherwise you are just going to get kind of swept away but yeah i'm not gonna lie when i started the first film i haven't i couldn't tell you guys the last time i watched these films and i did used to watch them a lot growing up even the third one i know we kind of rag on it a little bit but i did used to watch that as a kid too (laughs) definitely the first film dude just right when it started just that late 80s early 90s like aesthetic to the film and just seeing how everything looked and was it instantly gave me that feeling of like when i was a kid and i used to watch it so that was cool but then again revisiting these films as an adult is also kind of hilarious to watch them too. Yeah, I would say the, the I think I mentioned this before, but the theme song just, I forgot how much nostalgia is in it and just instantly just think about Ninja Turtles. As soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a theme for Ninja Turtles. It definitely, the theme song, dude, I wrote that down too. As soon as the music played, I was like, oh, dude, I forgot how sick this shit is. <laughs> it was great. I mean, come on, the, the, the what was it? Their costume 
rooms were almost funny now because in today's age, it would not be like that. But yet it, it still to me isn't cheesy. It's still like, obviously they're adult like turtles, but it still looks pretty good. I mean, their facial expressions, their mouth moves perfectly. It seems like when they're talking and it still holds up in my mind when, I mean, I'm sure kids these days, you know, they want the new CGI stuff, but getting that kind of realistic essence to it without, you know, looking like a silly little puppet. Yeah. And they're mutants, man. So they kind of look like shit. It's, you know, <laughs> mutation, baby. Yeah, right. Exactly, dude. And they're teenagers. They're still growing into their yeah, looks. I forget <laughs> they're really manly teenagers. Yeah. I feel like what I noticed too, from the first movie to the second movie to the third movie, I, I feel like the lighting just got lighter and lighter. I don't know if they were trying to gear towards like more towards kids, you know, be like, oh, it's a lighter, brighter movie. Whereas the first one, it's a pretty dark movie. It it, it feels like more of a like PG-13 slash young adult type of movie mm-hmm. compared to, you know, the other two and three. Yeah, the third one was definitely kind of like most Disney-esque. That's a good point. I didn't even think about it like that. Definitely the first film, man. I mean, it starts off with you just see these teenagers out in the streets just stealing like in broad daylight and nobody's noticing. And I was like, ah, oh, back to a simpler time in the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Like the guy drops, has a truck full of stuff, goes around the corner and gives one thing and he comes back and it's all empty. And he's just like, what the ninjas? (laughs) Like they're like fly ninjas or something. Yeah. Like it happened in like a matter of 10. He had a truck full of items in 10 seconds. It's gone. Yeah. Another thing that I thought was pretty funny from the opening is uh, his name's Danny, right? The the son, the redhead son and how he's, he's pickpockets a guy and he like, there's like 15 handoffs before they give a wallet to like, Shredder's right hand man. But to me, it's just funny to think like he hands it off and you just see the guy, I forget what, what his name is, but like the guy that's always like grunting. You just see yeah. his hand. I'm like, <laughs> why is he the one taking this like yeah. wallet? You know, it's like a, such a small steal. It's like, <laughs> they weren't even hiding. It was just like blocking. It was like, they were both on a corner of a street and it just showed his hand. So if it like zoomed out, he'd just be like standing there taking a wallet from him. Yeah. Thanks kid. In his, like, old, in his whole get up too, like he wouldn't stand out. <laughs> Yeah. That guy's name is Tatsu, which I never knew until I looked it up for this podcast. I thought it was Shredder, to be honest, guys. The outfit looked like Shredder. Tatsu. Did you guys notice, too, right in the beginning when they're kind of like showing all that shit, it like goes to where some of the young kids are and they're eating like a, it's a total product placement, but it's Burger King. It's like a Whopper in a yeah. large soda. Oh, yeah. Old school I, I, Whopper box. Yeah. the I feel like it wasn't like decorative, like, right? Like it was just plain. I was like, what, what are they eating? And I saw like the Burger King logo i'm like just how times have changed yeah it was super simple box i can't remember what else it showed but i do remember the burger king uh product placement for sure bunch of big ass tvs that probably looked really cool back then um but just big box tvs i just thought it was funny like right off the bat i was like yep this seems about right for this time period too for movies you know i mean i guess they still do that nowadays Cut to Raphael being out in public, which is fucking hilarious. A hilarious theme in these films where I feel like he's the only turtle we ever really see that pushes the boundaries on going out in public. They don't really show all of them out with the trench coats and the hat. But when he's walking, it's obviously hilarious. He doesn't wear shoes, too. So if you were to just look at his large green calves and his three toes feet, You'd be like, what the fuck's going on? But then again, I've never lived in New York. I hear it's a crazy place. So, I mean, we're from Vegas, yeah. maybe. So, good point. Well, even when Casey first gets a glimpse of him, he's like, what are you, some kind of punker? Like, <laughs> like maybe it's just normal back in the days for people, you know, kind of like the Warriors almost. Like, what the fuck is this guy wearing? <laughs> 
Doesn't he wear like the glasses and like the fake nose and like mustache, whatever? It looked like he was just wearing like a trench coat and a hat, no makeup, full turtle mm-hmm. face. And he kind of like flashes his uh, flashes his tool that he has. Like <laughs> yeah. that's gonna scare the guy. And I'm like, do you not and see me? Flashes his what? <laughs> whatever, the scythe. What is it? <laughs> his tool. <laughs> yeah, his scythe. Oh, yeah. That's just his piece. Turtle dick, yeah. He's turtle just like, dick. <laughs> he's just like it's out uh, there. Uh, 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 uh. I believe it's pronounced sigh. Sigh. Thank you. He I believe it. I, I believe it's pronounced turtle penis, Stephen. <laughs> Red rocket. <laughs> turtle cock. Turtle cock. <laughs> do uh do the teenage mutant ninja turtles do they do they hang dong or do they have a little little wiggly guy? Dude, of course <laughs> they hang dong. They're not ducks, man. Dude, the ooze just blew it up. You know, the toxic just chemicals. They just, Why do you think April sticks around, bro? <laughs> April Diamond. April gives off some questionable vibes at moments in these films. <laughs> First opening scene, we have Raphael, thieves, two little purse snatchers. And Casey Jones goes to dish out some vengeance, you know. He's trying to get his Andrew Garfield on, not pulling any punches and just fucking these guys up. And Roth isn't having it. And like you said, Fig, that's when he looks at him and he's like, what are you, some sort of punker? And that's the question I had for you guys was, what the fuck? Even if you're out there trying to mess people up and do your own little vigilante thing, what would you do if you just saw this anthropomorphic turtle being in front of you talking that also knew ninjutsu? Uh, Run the complete other way. Because what the fuck? Yeah, if that's happening like in this day and age, I've seen too much sci-fi and movies and superhero shit. I'd be like, buildings are about to get exploded. People are going to be dying. I got to get the hell out of here. I don't know if it's a superhero or the villain, but I got to fucking go. Dude, I think I would just, I think I would sit down on the ground because I would think I was going crazy. Honestly, I don't even think I'd run away. I'd just be like, <laughs> I've lost, I've lost my mind. Finally. I can um, see Casey being like, whoa, man, I smoke way too much tonight. I've never even. <laughs> And been to Mount Vesuvius. <laughs> they were very, very coy about seeing a turtle man out in public, or at least Casey was. Mm-hmm. And anyways, he loses, like Al was saying earlier, his scythe, which is Raphael's dual scythes are his weapons of choice to murder people with. And um, he was trying to do some murdering. He lost one of them. April O'Neil steals it and she keeps that shit hidden from the cops because she is a reporter herself who shouldn't be trusted am i right but the turtles trust her and anyways but that fight scene also maybe just because it was like an early 90s film man but it's kind of funny to see like they really give it to april like they're like closed fist punching her at some points and she just like eats shit (laughs) the one dude's like we have a message for you and he opens his hand and just slaps her in the face and he's like shut up (laughs) (laughs) shut up bitch well then the cops come and like uh handcuff him and stuff while april's still just on the floor and then I don't know. Do they even help her in the end or do they are they just like, all right, we got the bad guys. You good? I think I think the cops don't really like her because she does uh, a lot of reporting against them. So they're kind of like, fuck this bitch. Good point. But they in turn, Raphael has to take this unconscious reporter to where they live and she wakes up and thinks she's losing her mind and sees these teenage mutant turtles at that and their master splinter, who is a giant 
sewer rat. And he goes on to give their origin story. And that's something I wanted to bring up because I always remember that in my head. And I was like, yes, I can't wait to see this. But I love how they make Splinter look. He looks like such a real rat and stuff, dude. But then when they have the turtles and the ooze, I think those are real turtles. I hope they're walking and stuff that's not really hurting them. I know. This was like this super bright green goo. Before they cared about animals, it might have been bad. They died. I don't know. It was uh, pretty hilarious to see a little small rat doing fucking kung fu, though. Seeing all of them showing when he's like, and I trained you in my martial arts. And it shows like they were real turtles. And then they turned into these tiny, like skinny looking weird turtles, like doing like weird little balance, like slow motion, slow motion, what ninjutsu. And what was their first words? Pizza or pizza. I thought you were hitting it. Pizza. That ooze really gets you hungry for some pizza. Splinter looking like Runaway Ralph. Yeah, he totally did. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully this isn't too off topic, but when he goes back and talks about his master, Mm -hmm. he he wasn't a mutant rat and somebody taught him jujitsu before he was a mutant rat? His owner was a master and he watched him in the cage. He would try to, even when he was just a rat, he tried to mimic what his master was doing. Yeah, that's where I was confused. And then he witnessed his master get killed. His master, Yoshi, was murdered yeah. by fuck what was his name i didn't write it down shredder? i forget his name but it, it, it turned out to be spoiler alert for a little down the line it was shredder boom boom yeah he did have his name i remember he said the name and i was like kenji or something yeah it's like a wrote or wrote a wrote something i forget dude but get back on the producer but show. yeah we'll 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 uh do a little bit of research with our producers they'll chime in eventually but anyways she thought she was going crazy realized this is really happening uh the turtles escorted her home wherein they invited her in for the only thing that she had that she thought they wouldn't want which was of course pizza pizza frozen pizza (laughs) frozen pizza sure no (laughs) if they would have had DiGiorno back in the 90s man forget about it. They had a little too much fun and they went home to discover that their master, Splinter and father figure, Splinter was gone and their whole place was ransacked and destroyed which led them to go back to April to look for help and in the end I thought it was kind of funny. The next morning they wake up and they have to use their ninja skills to evade April O'Neil's crazy ass boss. But yeah dude, April O'Neil's boss, did they have a physical relationship? I felt like it was like completely almost unprofessional and inappropriate of him just to drop in a even if it was just himself but he shows up with fucking danny yeah his little his little punk ass son who's like hella a delinquent at the moment and he's like just come with me son we're stopping by my employee's house so i can go and just fucking rag on her And the turtles are trying to hide during all of that. And I was like, wow, I never realized how like when I was a kid, I was like, yep, that's just how it is. He's her boss. Like, yeah, that's how it's supposed to go. That was weird. I was confused at first when I saw that thinking that they were together or something happened um, because he was way too comfortable acting in her house. Like like she was and she had to like hide stuff like he was just going around into the bathroom, following her into the kitchen. The 90s. Man. It's a different time, man. It's a different time. So, I mean, my question to you guys 
guys. Danny's definitely getting beatings at home, I think, every day, right? If he wasn't, he should have, man. That dude was a piece of shit. Well, yeah, he probably wasn't getting any parenting whatsoever because he wanted to join the Foot Clan. Like, dude needed a father figure bad. He's like, I hate my dad. He doesn't understand me, man. That really catchy song, though. You know, you don't blame him for wanting to get in there and join. Oh, man, going to the Foot Clan when it showed the cutscene and they were like playing pool and it showed like a young kid smoking a cigar and then one guy was like hey do you got cigarettes and he's like menthol or regular whatever he says it's like whoa yeah the the foot clan they're like when you're here you're family right it's like <laughs> pinocchio vibes man like those kids all go off to uh wherever they do and it gets a little dark then the island then diesel, diesel probably came up in the foot clan dude because he was all about family he had to learn <laughs> somewhere them for fam <laughs> what what was the recruiting process they had like pull the bells off the guy oh that was in the second movie with Kino. But dude, you guys led right into what I was going to ask was that led us into seeing the layer for the first time. And I was like, damn, this is badass. For everything you guys said, I was like, if you were a teenager and a troubled one at that, I was like, how how close do you think you guys would be to joining the Foot Clan? Do you think you'd be tempted at all? Uh, Yeah, just sign me up, man. Dude, I don't, I don't even have to be a kid right now. I'm like, fuck, dude, just uh, if I could not work and just join the Foot Clan, hang out and play some pool, smoke some ciggies. <laughs> yeah, shit, martial arts cigarettes video games count me just in. minus minus the bug eyes oh i know dude that they're such weird completely such weird, like fly fly ninjas they always reminded me of like the the putty what, what was the uh from power rangers oh the putty <laughs> putty man yeah they did good though that kid looked so young and it looked like a legit cigar he was smoking so i was like damn they really they really had this kid buffing on a cigar like a boss well it was funny too i mean not really funny but they did like plain as day to show you like yeah this is how you recruit young children into gangs oh know, my god essentially yeah. for real <laughs> they they really did almost kind of what's the word glamorize it a little bit like making little kids be like fuck, fuck all that I'm gonna I'm gonna be an adult and this is fun like they didn't really almost t- teach you like it was not necessarily bad to do that unless you know I mean everybody else was fine right well I don't want to spoil anything right now yeah well I mean we go into the back and we see that they're practicing their hand to hand combat and uh, we get introduced to Shredder for the very first time and were you I, I wanted to ask you guys were you guys fans of Shredder or were you just completely against him being the bad guy and all? When I was when I was little, Shredder was scary as shit. And he's still pretty scary. But revisiting these movies now, like his costume, he's a pretty small dude. I know he's like a ninja, but he's just he has like a sparkly kind of like leotard on. And he's still pretty scary because he has his, his mask and his voice. But in my head, I'm like, the dude is tiny with a big ass helmet on, big ass shoulder pads. And he's like, I don't know. He, he just wasn't as intimidating as I could have remember him from. His voice still is there, but his actual appearance was kind of eh, a little on the hokey side. But the way they set him up with the uh, the little glimpses of him, like the little shining helmet walking by, like that was pretty scary. Yeah, the buildup to it was was really good. Yeah, the mysteriousness of it definitely kind of made him seem cooler than he was. And I agree, you know, he seemed a little short. And Leotard just doesn't sound that scary when you say it. So yeah, I don't, I always thought he was a badass, man. I still, uh, still kind of do. Cool character design. I mean, he gets even crazier in the second one for sure i think that they did do a good job of you guys like you guys said of like angles and i think that's why his costume was so big because the guy playing him wasn't like some huge dude but he was intimidating and his eyes as well i always felt like were pretty intimidating but yeah we're introduced to him at that point man i almost i don't know about you guys but i almost was like more afraid of his 
apprentice or his whatever you call it. Yeah, his apprentice, I guess that the other guy, uh, Tatsu or whatever his name is. But we're introduced to the Shredder finally, and it leads into that bitch ass Danny ratting out our boys, the Turtles, when they needed help. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. We see Casey Jones once again, and he's just on a rooftop, like listening to a radio. Like, was he trying to? Was he listening to fucking radio signals to try to fight crime or something, dude? And then he looks and he sees Raphael air punching his rage out on the other roof. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, there's that guy who I saw for the first time in the park, like out in broad daylight on a roof. And uh, it leads into him getting his ass kicked by all these Foot Clan members. And that scene when I was a kid where Raphael gets tossed through the glass and the, and eventually the house gets burnt up and stuff. That used to seem so intense to me, everything oh, yeah. about it. And at, when I watched it this last time, I kind of like laughed a little bit as I watched it, dude. But it still like holds up to me man he got really hurt though from that from that so it was actually like the aftermath and everything really made you think like wow he's not he's not walking from this one yeah i would say it's still pretty intense man even watching it now like they like the the house burning and them having to flee they really felt like they were in danger you know compared to like the other two movies you know you know like we said this one's a bit more on the uh young adult to adult side and it felt like damn they they had to flee they had no other choice it wasn't as i guess lighthearted. So I, I would say that scene still was pretty intense to me. But but like you said, Dave, as a kid, I used to think like, wow, like this, you know, there's so much shit is going on right now and just was intense. So maybe as a as an adult, it doesn't seem too, too much that, that way. But I would still say it holds up pretty true to this day. Yeah, man, I feel like it's like they kind of play a little lighthearted on it, but then it just keeps getting like darker and darker as it goes on. And conveniently or lucky enough for them, there is a trap door and they all manage to get out. Casey Jones is like, don't worry about it. I'll buy you time and I always just like have to do this with my mind but I just imagine all of the Foot Clan just surrounding him and just beating him to death dude. <laughs> it's just like fuck I didn't think this through. But no all of our uh, heroes and now our, our squad I guess you could say they get away and they go sneak away into this house that is remotely away from everybody and nobody's gonna find them. They eventually gather themselves and they're able to meditate and connect with their master Splinter. Casey Jones follows Dan Danny, that bitch ass motherfucker back to the Foot Clan's lair and he discovers Splinter is there and Danny eventually redeems himself and that character arc is nice to see because if not, I really wanted somebody to fuck him up so mm-hmm. bad, man. And I was really hoping it'd be Splinter and I was hoping maybe not martial arts, maybe just rat style bite his throat out or something. Oh, you know? God. I mean, I don't know, but. <laughs> and that back to the meditation, that was a that was a scene that always stood out to me just because like how emotional they got after, you know, connecting to, to Splinter. Yeah, no, that was really cool. It was Leonardo, right? Who first did it. He was just like, he's alive. He's like, yeah, we all think he's alive. He's like, no, I know he's alive. And even like this, for, this film did this, this film did do a good job of, like you said, Steve, like just the feelings, even like when Raphael and Leonardo had the fight and then they're like kind of having that brotherly talk of how brothers fight and he's in the bathtub and he's not going to die. And he's like, when I said that to you and he's like, oh, come on, man, don't even talk about that. And then another one of their brothers comes in and he's like, oh, it's a Kodak moment, you know, and I was like, man, like that is just kind of a good writing for a scene for a film yeah. for families, you know, dude. I feel like the where they went to that remote house got pretty deep, man. Uh, I think it was it was April who was sketching them, right? Kind of having like a voiceover of yeah, kind of what each one was going through. And you see, I think it's it's Ralph, right? He's on top of the roof and he just like screams like loud because he's like in in agony over not having Shredder there. But to myself. 
off, I thought like, how dope would it be to have whoever, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the actual actress drawing those sketches, but how cool would it be to have that actual sketch still? It's like, oh, this is the sketch mm-hmm. from the first Ninja Turtle movie. That, that would be super fucking uh, cool. I hope somebody has that. And just that would be really cool. Just an old school costume, anything from those eras, man. Just to have like an old school outfit like that. Shit, bro. When they were in that house, it was. And there was even another scene. I don't know if you guys took note of this when you watched it, but when April was like sore, and then Casey was like, Oh, I'll kind of try to like reach out to her. And she resisted. And he like forcefully it was very aggressive, though. Yeah, he forcefully like put her down on the chair and started massaging her. And this is so awkward. And then the turtles come in and it seems even more awkward and I was like man this scene doesn't hold up too well nowadays but it's like she said no and he's like no I'm gonna force you because you want it and then she (laughs) I want to make you feel better yeah it was very uh, like like she said how he he was like a nine-year-old stuck in a man's body which kind of showed it because him and the other him and what's his name kind of had a bond and I thought it was funny you're working on the truck and they were they were going in alphabetical order making up insults to each other just like each each person had G and then H I, you know, he's like, "What letter are we on?" He's like, "All right, gut buster," or whatever he said. Yeah. It's not what he said though. Did uh, <laughs> did Casey have a job? Where did he live? Is he like just? He's, is he homeless? Just fighting crime? I I think he's a vagrant. I honestly do. Yeah, thought he was a pizza delivery man. Thought he was a hockey coach. <laughs> yeah, all of the above. He's clearly afraid of seems, sewers. Uh, I, I know he, he should. He surely probably has a true origin story, but I'd like to believe he's like a failed. D2 hockey player who's just has rage he's just like going out and fucking people up yeah because what was his oh his his weapons were just bats like little that was bats. the other thing I wanted to bring up uh, his when he fought Raphael he pulls out two Jose Canseco bats and I was like damn this psychopath is out here on these yeah. streets just beating people's asses with two yeah. Jose Canseco bats dude yeah some weird like Gotham times in New York City we all just look past it. yeah we all just look past it <laughs> Just a bash brother. <laughs> a bash brother. The original. It's Vigilante's uncle, dude. <laughs> Too many plot holes that you just kind of just back in the day. Yeah. Just, you didn't. You didn't think about it. You just go. <laughs> you just went with it. But in the end, Danny and Casey end up saving Master Splinter, and they actually save some Foot Clan members too. They convince them, I think, to be like, "What the fuck are we doing?" We're introduced to the final battle with Shredder, and I thought it was hilarious because he just kind of descends down out of the sky. It's not like a ninja, like sneaky thing. It's just. And I was like, I've never noticed that before, dude. <laughs> Did it just show his feet or something? Like he just came out of nowhere, like softly. You're like, oh, he descended from completely. It wasn't like a jump. Like he jumped from somewhere. It was like really the foot clan like, had a like a, a ladder of people just slowly lowering him down, but you didn't see it. This was the uh, junkyard on top of no, the roof. This, the roof? this ah, was on top of yeah, the roof. Keep, so at the, the at the up. end of the first one, but dude, I just thought it was funny because I was going to ask you guys this: How bad do you think it tripped Shredder out to see the rat that? That fucked up his face all those years ago, mutated and foiling his plan now. Like when he pulls the mask off and he's like, my face, and he's like looking, he's like, this motherfucker is as big as me. And he practices ninjutsu. Like what? These turtles, he's trained these turtles that can like fuck up all my plans. Like I never realized as a kid how truly deep that was. He didn't even flinch. Yeah. I would have so many questions like, well, one, how the fuck are you this big? Two, how'd you get from Japan over here? (laughs) 
<laughs> and three, yeah, like you said, like you have just turtles. You have, you know, little piglets that are ninjas too, or what's up? I know. He's just like, I'm going to kill you all. It's not even that cool. Also, the uh, the lifespan of a rat is like two years. <laughs> not if you're really not when they're mutated, all right? <laughs> I would be so pissed off. I'd be like, I had the ultimate master evil plan. I covered every angle. Everything was planned out. Of course, I didn't plan for fucking mutant <laughs> turtles. Like, what? Are you kidding me? This like, is how I get foiled? He's like, God Should damn. have bought some guns. Yeah. In every moment with the ninja weapons in these films, I think that, especially like how Al said when he when they're dealing like Raphael with street thugs and he just flashes a scythe. I always imagine he's like, uh-uh, uh, and they're just like, boom, boom. And he's just yeah. like, oh, oh. Boom. Fucking shotgun. They're like, motherfucker, I have two Uzis on my hip right now. That little fucking scythe ain't going to do shit. <laughs> Yeah. This is the this is early nineties in, in the Bronx, motherfucker. This is like King's territory. <laughs> yeah, now in New York City, gun control is pretty, pretty tight. But back then, I'm sure it was just wild, wild west. But anyways, just to keep it going, that was that was basically the whole first film right there. But Casey Jones, I thought he was awesome, dude. As a kid, I loved it. I used to always wonder, like, why wasn't he back for the second film? So I looked into it. I guess just the whole all-around tone of the first film, like Fig said earlier, it was a little bit of a darker tone. I, I felt like this first film as a storyline and shit really holds up and I enjoyed it and I thought it was a, a very good film, but it was a little dark and Casey Jones, they felt could be a bad influence on children when they're trying to franchise out these movies. And that's why we didn't see him back in the second film. Yeah, I mean, the movie did so well. They, I don't get why. Why? I mean, I guess too many moms were like, oh, hell no. But whatever. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, I mean, Keto was, a, I guess, a cool addition. Definitely not as cool as Casey Jones would have been. And I think even in a, you know, not to jump too far ahead, even in the third movie, he comes back, but he's not the same Casey Jones, right? They're kind of like, hey, we want you to be in the movie, but you're going to be some random guy in Japan. So it's kind of a, a, I don't think it hurt the movie too much, but it just would have been a, a cool addition to the other two movies if he was a true Casey Jones. Completely. That would be pretty crazy. When are you guys, when are you guys kill Bill? Love to see a rated R version of the Ninja Turtles. Oh, I would love it, dude. Uh, yeah. Give me, you know, HBO Max or, you know, some, give me a series, like a Ninja Turtle, like dark series, dude. Mm -hmm. Like staying more true to the comics, I think would be legit. Yeah. You live in a sewer. I mean, all you eat is pizza and you got weapons and learn violent martial arts to do what? To just joke around or to murder some people? Joke around. Joke, joke around, around and eat pizza all day. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, but. That, that is the main reason why Casey Jones was not brought back for the second film. And I think for kind of a lot of the reasons we just spoke about, I think so much money was made off the first film that wasn't maybe wasn't expected that they're like, oh, maybe we should reevaluate this to keep this rolling to maintain it. And I think in the end that hurt the overall money and also just the franchise as a whole. Leading into the second film, we did, it opens up right off the bat with a great scene. When I was a child, I loved it. Growing up for me personally, Personally, the second movie was my favorite. It's almost funny because we just did Back to the Future and I almost feel the same way. Like I liked the second one a lot growing up. It was my favorite, but I think the first one is the best. The second one I think is good too. And I think the third one's all right, I guess, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But yeah, they switched it up and our hero that is an ally to the turtles in this film is Kino, who's like a smaller pizza delivery boy. You're not expecting a lot out of who he once again sees these dudes where it doesn't seem like it's too late in a, a crowded New York just robbing the fuck out of some like little mall. 
wall and he tells them they're under arrest and he instantly whoops all their ass with some like Jet Li style moves and you're like oh shit who's this new guy the turtles come in back him up but right off the bat like you said Fig I almost feel like they started this movie off with this is gonna be the tone we're gonna be funny a lot more jokes in between our fight scenes and stuff and buckle up because this is the ride right yeah the the first time I revisited it I was like yeah like you said the tone is gonna be a bit different I think it was Michelangelo who had the yo-yos and he was doing a yo-yo thing and just and I think too I read something or or watched something that they wanted them not to fight so much with their actual weapons you know they they were using different things and doing more punches more kicks because they didn't want to I guess promote like using weapons as violence so that's what they were using like the yo-yos and they would grab different items to kind of fight with and stuff like that so I was like ah okay Steve move like that I was subconsciously doing that when I was doing the same thing yeah yeah (laughs) so I always remember like the little I don't even know what that is like the little bouncing clown thing so for the second film you will notice a replacement of Corey Feldman is no longer Donatello and we have a new April O'Neil before we kind of get a little further with that do you guys think this new April O'Neil is better I think the first April O'Neil kind of fit the profile of what I felt like April O'Neil was and I feel like the second one was kind of just a whatever character compared to that really ballsy of them to switch up so many characters in these sequels because that to me is kind of a, a ruiner for for me when they do these with these movies and they kind of fake you out and don't really tell you they're switching these these characters up but also this movie did so good and then they're like also, we don't like this april also too for what you just said out it triggered my memory but i think they had so much success off of the first film and so much money that it was such a surprise that they tried to do a quick turnaround so the first movie was released in 1990 the second one was re- released in 1991 which is so fast that yeah. it was it was severely rushed and yeah. i feel like they wanted to be like i don't think we're going to make enough money off of this again so let's while we still have this in the minds of all these kids and all these people that were interested put another one out and oh, they read that rode the wave so oh yeah read. completely yeah for, from what i read because i when i watched i was like why did they switch the aprils out like i was like maybe there was some type of scheduling conflict but i guess the original april had a lot of um she was like trouble on the set i guess i don't know how true that is just reading an article about it and she i guess just was giving directors and just you know the, the crew kind of more like like backlash over things i, I wonder why though like i wonder what we, we mentioned some things that happened in the first movie maybe she wasn't comfortable with or she was, she was asking for um i think a sex scene in full frontal from the turtles <laughs> yeah but i think the second april she does okay like but like you said dave i think the first april was just more ballsier had more of that attitude the second april i thought did pretty well though i liked her for the most part so yeah it kind of opened up you know a little bit where it was some cool martial arts moves and i think that's why they brought someone like kino in who could play that card for them but uh you could tell right off the bat and it is funny that you mentioned they weren't using their weapons as much because you can tell that right off the bat is they are using all these other weird props to kind of i guess make it less violent but um this movie jumps off it's titled the secret of the ooze there's the ooze that we all know they were mutated from a company that is called tgri is behind accidentally concocting this ooze and they are in the process of destroying the rest of it off there's an early scene in this movie that i remember where some of the ooze leaked out onto a dandelion and the news crew finds that and that's what starts off this whole story and i 
remember just being a kid and I remember always seeing that just like made me be like, holy shit, like this is crazy. Do you guys, did you watch this film a lot growing up? Did you ever like, I don't know why I just said that scene is like a very memorable scene in the the whole trilogy of these films. It's like, I don't know if that was the one, but it just started the whole idea of glowing green radioactivity gave you just super strength and mutant crazy powers. Like It was like almost not scary, but made you think, what if like, oh, if I I got some of that, you know, turn into this big buff crazy dude. And I don't even remember what the dandelion looked like. Was it it a giant dandelion or was it just like, that was it? Still cool, but I didn't get to refresh the second one, but I really have to go back because I did get to watch the one again. I'm glad that HBO has them, has them all. Yeah. What I thought was funny though is the guy totally snuck on like the restricted land so easily and then it, it kind of pans up to a scene and it's just like a construction worker. I'm like again, it's like one of those things is just funny. You don't really think too much about it. He's just like being sneaky. He was like, he grabs the big dandelion and like walks off. Like there's like a hundred people on the other side like five feet away. Like nobody just- would notice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or try to keep it more under wraps yeah. and not it, it does have that vibe and I like movies that do this that make you realize that it's it's like a cartoon it's like a comic so yes it's real life but it's still got those vibes of super unrealistic super silly because it's like this isn't this isn't real this can't happen like just seeing the construction worker and all that it's just like what that's <laughs> that's why I like it too and I feel like we were children the first time we saw it so that probably does help our minds the first time mm-hmm. we saw it we're like a lot more accepting of For just sure. being like yeah that's normal but okay. it's like even even rewatching it, like I still enjoyed the second film a lot too, man. And um, it led to the scene where they're about to dispose the the scientist is about to dispose of the last canister of the ooze. And of course, Tatsu Shredder's right hand man, his apprentice, comes in to still that canister of ooze. Um, I remember that lab as a kid. I thought it was so cool and looked so futuristic. And it's so funny watching it now. It's all just like lights, a lot of tunneling and lights and old computers and like old buttons and lights. <laughs> That's so funny. I still thought it looked cool. But as a child, I thought that shit looked so cool. Right. Like that's what a crazy lab looks like. I mean, they did good with the lighting and the shooting and the fight scene happens. They end up taking the last canister. It kind of alludes to fans, at least of the cartoon, oh, we're getting Bebop and Rocksteady. Totally. That's what's going to happen, right? It's not what happens. They end up going with characters by the name of Toka and Raza. And these characters upon, or Reza and Toka, upon further studying or inspecting, these characters were from the comic book. So they wanted to stay true to the comic book and not the cartoon. Those characters from the cartoon were created specifically just for the cartoon. And I guess the guys making the movie despised those characters. So that's why. But I'll tell you guys, when I was a kid, that's who I thought it was. I just thought that's what they made them look like, I guess, because I was just a young child and didn't know any better. But did that bother you guys at all as a kid? I mean, I, I guess I didn't know too much about it when I was that young. I thought they were dope uh, villains. I didn't really bother me at all. I thought they had a cool design and stuff. Uh, to this day, I think they're tight. Could be nostalgia, though. No, I agree. I thought I thought they, they came off as intimidating looking and pretty badass for what kind of creatures they were. Out of all the costumes, I'll say the wolf, though, looks a little fucking <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah, the the other, what was he, a, a snapping turtle? 
Yeah, snapping turtle. Yeah. He his costume looked good, but funny you say that is because as I was watching the movie, I totally was thinking in my head of the characters from the cartoon were going to pop up. And when you know these two characters came, I was like, oh, that's right. It's it's these guys. It's not the characters from the cartoon. So totally had that thought in my head though. Did you guys think it was funny how easy it was for Kino to try out for the Foot Clan too? Like him and Roth have their plan. He tries out for the Foot Clan. They end up getting caught. And you know, long story short, we're led into a final battle scene of the second movie where it's so funny. It's a trap and the turtles come out on top of it because a super old and frail splinter gets them out with a bow and arrow, which is a ninja weapon. But I just thought it was funny. And they continue this fight and it bleeds into a secret warehouse club where Vanilla Ice is performing. And on the fly, Vanilla Ice comes up with a dope ass ninja song about what he's witnessing in front of him. I guess that's the early 90s for you right there in a nutshell, dude. Freestyle, man. That's where it all began. Yeah, I instantly thought like he just had that song off top of his head <laughs> about turtles. Just feeling it. It was a badass fight scene when it went into the club and then bleeds out into like, was it like the docks outside and that's where the, the final encounter happens and Shredder gets crushed by it. It's badass. And a, little, a little fact for you guys too that I never knew, like the Corey Feldman shit, which I guess I kind of had heard that before. Motherfucking Kevin Nash, the one and only from the WWF, he was Super Shredder. That's who was the Super Shredder. I Did know you that. guys know this? I never knew that. I thought Super Shredder was pretty cool. Dude, but yeah, I, in the end, he, you know, he has to use that last canister as a last ditch effort for how much he hurts these, hates these turtles and wants to have vengeance upon them. He drinks it, gets roided out. One thing I thought was funny, like the classic cartoon and movie thing is he grew huge, but all of his armor and stuff grew with him and got even yeah. dope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I instantly thought that. I'm like, why did his uh, helmet and his like shoulder pads get like longer? Right. It, it was cool, though. It was cool. I just wish there was more of Super Shredder. I feel like it was super quick. Mm-hmm. Like him turning and then him, I guess, just, dying, I guess. It's like his biggest his biggest fault was he was too heavy now and he sank and he drowned. Well, when you guys mentioned Shredder, I mean, I remember at the end of the first one, I, I was like, fuck, I got to watch the second one now because homie fell into a garbage truck and got crushed. And, and nobody checked on his body. It's like, go yeah. go in there and double tap him really quick. Yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure like it's pretty. I mean, yeah, he could have survived it, of course. But I was like, it showed him get crushed in a garbage compactor. Which brings me to another question. Wasn't it Casey in the first one who was kind of like, oops, and he makes the trash. Comp- I'm like, dude, you just totally just murdered someone <laughs> in a horrible way. And you're kind of like, whoopsies. Just blood squirting. Out. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, because that's terrifying. Like any any fear of death of mine is something like that. Just something crushing you like that. Ugh. That and like Star Wars, the trash compactor. Uh, that, the same thing. It, yeah, it, yeah, it was very, very, yeah, dude. Getting crushed alive is most definitely. Another one is going out by drowning too, like I guess. Well, he didn't drown. He just got crushed by a bunch of shit. And they're like, no one could survive that, which was totally probably an open end for them knowing they wanted a third film. Like, are we yeah, going to go I can't this? Like, show the dead body yeah it showed his hand come up and they're like no way and then he's like yeah and they're like oh okay he's dead and then donnie's like there's no way he's gone forever i'm like is he 
Yeah. But yeah, that was the secret of the ooze. And like I said, for me growing up, that was my, I think I watched that one the most. Even as a kid, I did feel the more darker undertone of the first film and I liked it. But I think just being a kid, I liked the more playful, the more jokey the second one was. And it still was a decent film, especially for a child. It was awesome. But we go in to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, number three. And I don't know about you guys, but even like revisiting this now, the opening, I was like, okay, it's it's pretty playful. They're dancing around and stuff. Like Ninja Turtles were back, but not to be a hater. Right off the bat, I, I could feel like the production just seemed different. And so I did look it up, and all the effects were taken over by pra- by practical effects in this final installment of the trilogy. It was no longer Jim Henson's Creature Shop, and that's who did the two previous films. And there was a slight oh. difference in the turtles. I mean, nothing too crazy, you know what I mean? Like for whatever reason, I. I know we've hated on it a lot with Fig in the past, but I feel like it felt almost like a straight to deep, uh, straight to VHS release. So I looked that up and it wasn't. It was a three a theatrical release and it had moderate success. It didn't lose out in the box office. It had a budget of $21 million. It made $54 million, you know? Ooh. So, um, but it did get really bad reviews and it was the lowest earning film out of the three, which leads me to ask Fig, what did you see in this film? <laughs> You know, I saw a saw the my four dudes who I've grew up with, loving watching their movies. My man Casey was back. Um, but yeah, definitely the production value is. I, mean, I didn't know that day, but you know, it being taken away from Jim Hens Jim Henson's group, you can totally tell. And again, from the like the first and second movie, like just I feel like if the lighting was a bit more, I guess, moody, like the first two movie were, or even the first movie, I feel like it might have like looked a little bit better. But it just as a kid, I don't know why it just I watched this one. I mean, the first one I watched the most and this third one. I, I don't know why. I mean, I think my dad might have just bought it randomly. We just watched it a ton, but I just thought it was a fun, unique movie. I mean, they go into Japan, something different. Um, Like I mentioned before, all three movies I love, love watching them. I feel like Secret of the Ooze, it just seems like more of a continuation of the first one, as if like that movie could have went on for like another hour and it could have been the same movie as in one. Whereas the third movie, though, you know, like I said, the, the production values is lower. I just felt like it was pretty unique. And just you seeing the turtles riding in samurai gear and they're fighting, they're on horses. It was just something, I guess, as a kid, just with the nostalgia, just sort of felt like a, like a fun new take on the turtles. So it uh, stays true to my heart, man. Beautifully said. Well, to back you up, Fig, I was talking to my brother about this a little bit in preparation for the pod. And he absolutely loves number three. I told him we were kind of hating on it. And he he was like, you guys are fucking crazy. Number three is awesome for pretty much all the stuff that you just said. Uh, I would have to say number one, I think, is the best of all the films. But number two is still my favorite for sure. If I had to pick one of them, I'm going with Secret of the Ooze. Pure nostalgia factor, everything about it. Scene where they try to get him to eat the donut that's got like the, the, you know, the power agent or whatever in it. Anti-mutagen or something. Yeah, gets me every time, man. Those donuts always look so good. Too. So tasty. <laughs> Dude, I forgot about it. The box when they're just a approaching and you're right fig like they always looked so good as a kid i was like i would i would totally eat that right now if that was friendly's donut house plan would have worked <laughs> yeah i like you call it friendly's donut well, house i know you too like I, I felt that way it says on the box man. i i don't I'm, i clearly <laughs> it does say it attention. On, the, on the box it sounds dope that way i don't know i i always just said friendly shit as a kid when i did see the third one though i thought i loved it too man but for i i kind of shared the same sentiment as chris i think the first one is the best film but for 
nostalgia reasons, definitely the second one I think is still my favorite. And the third one I shit on just because you have to shit on one of the three in a trilogy. So, Well, the third one is like a big reason why I moved to Japan along with the three ninjas uh, kickback when they go to Japan. So it was definitely cool because kind of like the adventure. I like the adventure and I I still think it's a great movie, but just I'm not going to shit on it, but just just uh, just the production value, right? Like Splinter in particular, he is definitely like the worst of the examples. Yeah. And Casey's totally wearing a wig, too. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, they they played around in the third one, you know, with time travel and a scepter and April O'Neil going back, the turtles going back and fulfilling a prophecy. It was a fun film, but I was just going to say, I also thought it was really cool that uh, the band Creed allowed their lead singer to go back to finish being Casey Jones in the third film. That was pretty fucking awesome of them. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, that was the trilogy. I mean, for me growing up, one, two, and three, I think it holds up as a whole as a good trilogy. Even the third one being slightly a little different with the slight changes they made with working with different people and production costs. It still holds up. I wanted to shit on it harder, but it was a good film still, man. And especially when I was a kid, I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I would agree. Like, imagine how good the third one could have been if it had the same tone and production value as the first one. Like, that could have been a really good and even like the more adult theme to it. Like we're talking about like a rated R version. You know, of course they wouldn't have done rated R, but I could just imagine if they kept that same tone from the first one, same costumes, same type of lighting, same, you know, kind of approach. I think the third one, them going to Japan could have been so much better. I mean, like we said, we, we like to shit on it just for for fun, but that movie could have been really dope. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why, why they started getting cheaper and cheaper. I mean, somebody got their hold onto the production and was just like, hey, we got something here. We're going to cut the actors, cut the production, simplify it, and just make more money. Hopefully. It worked. Kind of. We watched it. Yeah, but that was uh, the trilogy overall, guys, and I think it still holds up. But I have an interesting question for you guys that I would like to pose. Do you guys think the Turtles wanted to bone April? I mean, being teenagers and all raging hormones, they're practicing their ninjutsu every day. (laughs) They're looking tight. I think yay. Yeah, they absolutely wanted to, man. This is definitely a <laughs> sketchy topic, but <laughs> bestiality was real, man. They wanted it. <laughs> you wonder why Raphael was so fucking tight, you know? He was just like, he had to get that angst out, man. I mean, like, I mean, they are teenagers, right? And it's like, what? Do you think they're attracted to turtles? No, that's even more weird. They're definitely <laughs> into April O'Neil. They were uh, attracted to pizza, you know? It, Trying to please themselves with three big weird ass fingers. It just <laughs> doesn't work, man. They you, you open the peaks box up and Donnie's just like, you just see a hole in the fucking box. He's like, <laughs> Mikey again? It's like, damn it, Mikey. <laughs> Mikey, you fucked my deep dish again, man. He's like, it, it was like that. <laughs> He's like, the deep dish gives me more cushion. I was gonna say they like folded the pizza up and did it that way, but. Since uh, s- since we've already kind of walked a little down this path, what about Master Splinter? <laughs> Do you think he had any interest in April? I think he was just a nice old. I think he was a nice, gentle mentor. Shit, kind of. I think he's closest to like a monk, right? So yeah. he's he abstains from that stuff. He got all of the dirtiness in his life out when he was a literal rat. Now he's just you know, like Steve said. <laughs> 
committed to the martial arts, man. It's like, we do not speak of those moments. I do not have these thoughts. <laughs> April's like, is that a nunchuck in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> I come only in my mind, Raphael. <laughs> this is nunchuck in my pants. <laughs> Dude, shout out to the nunchuck scene, though. We never talked about that. The battle in the first movie where the two dudes were nunchucking. That didn't make you want to have nunchucks as a kid. I don't know. Everybody on this pod, every red-blooded American child in America, it's a little redundant, wanted nunchucks, dude. If you say you didn't, you're fucking lying. Maybe you've tried some and whapped yourself, and so now you're embarrassed. But if that hasn't happened, you want some. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. Try- every American red-blooded child in America definitely wanted nunchucks, Chris. <laughs> I agree. Like those green hey, man. ones. You would kind of make your own, too, huh? Just put, like, your baseball socks with, like bunch of socks in it and just fling around like like a homie the clown <laughs> what are you doing with socks chris <laughs> <laughs> homie don't play that you take your crusty socks for, that you have under your mattress and <laughs> fling them around no those are ninja stars man <laughs> the crust just slices your cheek oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing nothing mom <laughs> were you eating some glazed donuts and yes. cut your cheek yes it's a protein infection waiting to happen man I have a question too. So like if you were a turtle, like if there was another turtle, what would your name be? Because it can just be like, you know, enjoying the Ninja Turtles, Donatello, Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Steve. <laughs> it doesn't fit, right? So if you had a name, it's probably just like a single name. What what would it be? All right, guys. So I feel like this might work, man. My dad, when I was born, didn't work out for him because he sucks. Wanted to name me Octavio, man. I feel like I could have been a Ninja Turtle with that name. I could have rocked in with that. Ooh, yeah, that's a completely uh, not a very rare name. A lot of people on Earth have it, but uh, fancy enough that I, I could I could rock it out for sure, dude. That's a perfect fit. It's a pretty badass name. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'm gonna jump in and just keep it in the realm of they were artists and very inspirational people and i was gonna say pablo but uh, picasso maybe pablo sounds a little but that would be my guess as well right yeah. my, my uh my offering but probably the picasso side yeah i was you know, like, like donatello and pablo pablo <laughs> <laughs> like what up i'm pablo i only know this name because of all the art fucking history classes i had to take when i was in school but there was this really cool artist who had like this dark kind of uh vision on all of his paintings and his name was Carvaggio. I think that'd be a pretty cool addition to a uh, Ninja Turtle name. Yeah, that sounds dope. Starting to get a lot of O names, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did I, I think who 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 was it? Michelangelo said he's like all the good ones end with the O. Mm. Uh he was uh clowning on Ralph. I mean I'm getting mad at you for copying as a word Chris and Chris in real life. Like <laughs> <laughs> I have my name. All right. It would be Rigatoni. <laughs> Rigatoni. And I'd go for the trachea snap for my finisher. <laughs> Just throwing pasta shells at him and stuff. So, I, I mean, I'm sitting here trying to think of a good one, but if you had to be like a team of crime fighting super mutants, but not turtles, what would you be? A teenage mutant ninja monkey? What? Oh, monkey. monkey. Okay. Probably the closest to ninja. Like some chimpanzees. Pretty badass, dude. I like that. Um, fucking people up, dude. Mutant uh, chimps. 
I was going to say cat. I feel like I would just turn out as Ooh. some type of crazy fucking ninja lion, which sounds terrifying. So I think we go with cat. I'm going to throw a curveball in there and say Teenage Mutant Ninja Sharks. Ooh. Boy. So like street sharks? Yeah. Oh, yeah, similar okay. to street sharks. <laughs> Somebody similar. said that in a, in a board ferocious. meeting in the early 90s. <laughs> we're, we're land. We're land animals now. We're coming for you. They were like, I want to, they're like, give us a show. I want to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but sharks that like motorcycles. You're like, okay, sure. Fuck mm. it. That is sold in the room for sure, man. <laughs> what I else? would say Teenage Mutant Ninja Pigeons. Okay. <laughs> Just because the thought of that terrifies me. Yeah, man. They come flocking down at you. That'd be uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Rhinos, man. Oh, to, uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like they got like a badass, like almost like the Sharks vibe too. Like they're riding motorcycles and stuff. Like yeah. Gonna ride in a pack, man. Dude, as cool as rhinos are, I want to back it up for a minute. Because Dave, I'm just imagining like a team uh, in a city of just Teenage Mutant Ninja Pigeons who are like very good at delivering like, you know, drugs and illegal things because they're hunting <laughs> pigeons. <laughs> they're, they're just intimidating the cops. Carrier pigeons. Because they just fly everywhere. Mike Tyson is their leader. <laughs> like, you guys be free. Did you guys see the video of him? Beating that guy's ass on the plane. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. I saw the whole extended video. That dude deserved it, man. Oh, he's being a drunk dumbass. Yeah. That was that recently? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't didn't see anything. (laughs) Beat a dude's ass on a plane. It's great. Uh, but the guy, the guy wanted it to happen. I won't be surprised when he like sues him and tries to get some money, but fucking. Well, I, I had a question. I had a question for you guys. I don't know if I posted this earlier. So we are talking about the Foot Clan and how they were recruiting young, impressionable kids who didn't have a good family life and, you know, troubled teens. But which one out of our group do you think would have been recruited to be a member of the Foot Clan? You, bro. But not for those reasons. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, I'm going to go with maybe Fig on this one. Ooh. Me? Um, the Foot Clan. I feel like I would be maybe be enticed by all those arcade games, man. <laughs> it looked like a fun time. And then before I realized it, just like just a naive teenager, like, oh fuck, I'm in a gang right now. You've just made some bad decisions and kind of like who who have I become? You're too far away from, from who you were, though. You're a foot clan soldier, man. I could see myself being enticed by it, man, for sure. No <laughs> doubt. Especially like at a young age, like 13 or something, like come hang out here. And there's just all these games. I'm like, I don't have any quarters though. Don't worry about that, man. All these games are free. Hey, have you ever tried one of these? They're called cigarettes. No, I've never tried one of those. Are they fun? Come over here and play some pool and we'll talk about it. Sold. <laughs> so like you got me hooked. I mean, like <laughs> of all our friends, you were the one who smoked cigarettes. I should have said you, dude. <laughs> They're like, hey man, I forgot to mention. Do you like to learn anything about martial arts and how to beat people up? Fuck yeah, I'd like to learn that. Here's a beer while I teach you that. Thanks, <laughs> friend. Or should I call you brother? I could uh, totally see Steve joining, but he'd be infiltrating it, man. Taking down the Foot Clan. Hmm. Steve would be the keynote of the group for sure. That's yeah, the martial arts is most enticing. We didn't touch on it, but like the uh, there's an animated version, just TMNT. And I always like that one because... Uh, I forget who it was. Maybe, maybe Raphael. But he became like the night watcher, 
and he kind of became his own vigilante. So I kind of want to do something like that. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Steve would learn their powers and then turn them against them, dude. (laughs) Be able to counter their fighting style perfectly. Well, did you guys see that film with all these multiverse and like into the Spider-Verse? There was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. And I saw it on like, I mean, not Comedy Central, but on a, what do you call it? Cartoon Network. And it was like the old comic book black and white characters and like the old 80s comic characters. And then some of like the 90s and they threw them all into this movie. I forget what essentially how it ended, but it was almost similar to like Into the Spider-Verse, like similar feel. Do they have the 80s cartoon characters in it too as well? I believe so, man. I believe so. Dude, that sounds really fucking cool. They've tried to bring back. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I feel like, of course, with all the reboots and sequels, they're going to they're gonna do it again. Something's going to happen. What route they take it, we'll see. All right, dude. Some good topics on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But let's roll into some two-second tunes. Two-second tunes. You only got a little bit of time, baby. Go two-second tunes. You only got one, two. All right, fellas. So to kick off two second tunes, I just want to play a little something something for you guys. Iceman, you know I'm not playing. Never take a show what the turtles are saying. Ninja, ninja, rap. Ninja, ninja, rap. Ninja. How iconic is that song for Secret of the Ooze? Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Dude, completely. Yeah, that was banging. So for this two-second tunes, I was thinking of idea of just random songs or, you know, scenes that are people are singing that just kind of came out of nowhere. Because like we were talking about, how random was this when you first watched this movie? They bust through the warehouse and Vanilla Ice is there. And we talked about how he just knew this flow right off the bat. So for this two second tunes, I'm going to play a few iconic songs from different movies that we all just grew up watching, loving. So you guys ready? All right. Let's do it. All righty. So for the first one, here we go. Step Brothers. Eric and his family. Yes, Step Brothers. That totally just random but super hilarious scene. They're singing Sweet Child of Mine, and Adam Scott is a complete fucking asshole in this movie. So <laughs> funny. I can sing hi, hi. All right, fellas. So, yes. So, Dave got points on that one for Step Brothers. Let's move on to the second one. And here we go. Cry every night. Super bad. Super bad. Yeah, Michael Sarah. Yes, yes, super bad. And my brother came all the way here from Scottsdale. (laughs) And you want to sing for him? Oh, God. Dude, that singing scene is quoted so much, though, man. Like, everyone knows that. Yeah. (laughs) Seen a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that was, I think Alex, right? AB, you got, you got in there. Yeah, in. I got the title. I, I think Chris, Alex. Chris I dropped think Alex in the actor, it. so. All right, Ding. fellas, on to the next one. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Mrs. Robin, Doubtfire. Yeah, I'll say Robin Williams, and uh, I forgot that guy's name, but Mrs. Doubtfire, good. Damn, nice yeah, job, I forgot that guy. Did you squeak in there, Steve, or was that uh, Dave got the title. I, I said the actor. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty, fellas. So we have three more to go. On to the next one. The motto's always been when it's right, it's right. Anchorman. Wow. 
Nice. Brown Burgundy, Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. Yes, sir. Anchorman. Um, afternoon Delight. Afternoon Delight. <laughs> ding, ding, <Four>. ding. Guy <laughs> rockets in flight. Afternoon Delight. Dude, dude, such a fucking hilarious uh, scene, man, dude. First Anchorman <laughs> movie is great. Second you one know, is garbage. garbage. Trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You hate to see it. That happens a lot with those films, especially when they wait like six to eight years to put out the sequel. Like, it doesn't make sense. Dude, oh, yeah. I couldn't get more than 20 minutes past that movie. I was like, damn, this is so bad. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that shit. Dude, but I will say, and we all know this, but just that scene, the Anchorman for the first time in theaters, and that scene in particular, where they just got done with the fighting, the inner fighting with the, all of the local news crews, and then they go back and it leads them into that song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. All right, fellas, on to the next one. Let's see who gets it first. When the truth is found, cable guy. Cable guy. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Who was that, Steve or Alex? Uh, both. Both? Yeah, it was both? a little tiebreaker tie, tie there. Again, we'll check the tapes, but again, just another hilarious scene, dude. Just so fucking funny, man. Mm-hmm. He did the thing. He's I like, need to watch yeah, Sonic so movies like that. <laughs> it's holding it so long. <laughs> ah, great movie, y'all. That might be that might be a nice one to do for the pod. That would be a good one to do for sure. All right, fellas, last one. Let's see who gets it first. Every now and then I get a little bit terrified. I see the fucking lucky. Uh, well, brothers. <laughs> old school. Um, old school. Old school. Yeah, it is old school. Yep, and he like turns and looks at them when he says that. Yeah, Will Ferrell. I, I, I forget. See the fucking look in your eyes. I want to say was that his wedding? And I need you now. Tonight. It was a uh, yeah, Frank the Tank's wedding. Him and his wife look at each other, kind of like, did he just fucking say that? <laughs> and I fucking need you now more than ever. Oh god. Yeah, it's so funny because they're like, no, 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 no. He, no, we're just imagining that. And then he goes off and just drops a ton of f bombs. There's like an old couple there, like, what the fuck? I know. He's just like air humping. I think. And they all just like shake it off. Like, ah, I don't think so. I don't think you said it. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, alrighty, fellas, that was my version of two second tunes. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Nice, dude. Yes, man. Very cool. I was waiting for where the Millers didn't come. Hmm. All right, guys, uh, that was a lot of good talk. But how about we uh, take this into one has to go? What you gonna pick? Don't pick no stupid shit because one has to go. Yeah, so talking about Ninja Turtles all night long, if you dudes had to vote off one of the Ninja Turtles, who would it be? I'm gonna start off with Raph, Raphael. Uh, he's just a little bit too moody, man. He's, just, he's the uh, he's the outlier of the group. He's uh, he's a risk to the group. And the Sire are cool, but I think they're uh, they are the the least practical. Yeah, I'm gonna go with you on that one, Steve. I I was I wasn't even sure what he was so mad about in the first movie. He was just so angry. Maybe he lost his sigh, and that's why. But I'd have to say he's a little he's a he's a he's a risk. Well, I'd just like to chime in and remind you, gentlemen, that these are hormonal raging teenagers. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's why he's a little pissed off, huh? Shit. I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, he doesn't like to be called a freak. I know that. He so really if you ever heard April. this conversation, you might hurt his feelings a little bit. Definitely not voting Mikey off. I'm going to vote off that brainiac nerd ass Donatello. Dude, I am also going to hop on the bandwagon and vote off Donatello purely because they depicted him so horribly in the new movies, man. Uh, oh. It was just a fucking travesty. Oh, yeah. Can't get it out of my mind. Nerd. Oh, he had like go. glasses and stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, they went Super too strong. Staff that. that like. Well, I mean, Otto in the back, did. in the old ones, it was always kind of an unspoken who's the leader, Donatello or Leonardo. It was kind of always a back and forth between those two characters. Hmm. hmm. I always thought Leonardo was just the right given leader, in my opinion, but. I feel like Donatello was portrayed the best in the cartoon. Like he was mm. cool and nerdy, like perfect amount. But I think I will have to vote off Raphael for myself too, man. Just because I feel like with Donatello, we need that bit of uh, the tech guy, you know? I mean, Raphael is probably one of the like strongest fighters, but I think Leonardo and uh, Michelangelo can still hold their own. So we do need that tech guy. So it'll be Ralph for me, man. Yeah, these guys are pretty comparable to like the Ghostbusters, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. So we need, we need yeah. guns. Sorry, Raph. True. Pretty valuable. Yes. So, uh, Raph, you are on the boat heading off the island, my friend. Raph would be the first to kill for any of his brothers. And it's sad he's the first one to send <laughs> off the island. All right, fellas. So, I have another topic for a one has to go. So, Ninja Turtles, classic, just movies we grew up with. So, I want to see if you guys could vote off. Which one of these other classic movies you grew up with? Someone throw out the movie Hook, Sandlot, or Three Ninjas. If you had to vote one of these off, which one would it be? This is one of the harder ones we've ever had, but I think I'm going to have to go with Hook. I just really have a soft spot in my heart for the other two. I watched them a crazy amount growing up. Hook's a, Hook's a 10 out of 10 movie, but I got to throw it out on this, right. in this scenario. At least you admit it. For for me, I'd, I'd probably actually, probably say the uh, the Sandlot. Uh, enjoyed it, of course, but I mean, I, we still have Mighty Ducks. Yeah, true. I'm gonna say definitely Three Ninjas is gone for me. It's strictly kind of like what Chris was saying is that I've just I don't think I watched a lot of the Three Ninjas, but Hook I can never let that one go. And Sandlot I've seen a lot. That one has a lot of a lot of good times. Three Ninjas great, but you gotta go. I'm going to hop on that uh, Three Ninjas wagon with you, man, because Hook is one of my favorite movies of all time. And Sandlot's probably one of my favorites. I would say movies, too, but I would say put it in the sports genre, favorite sports movies of all time. And like you said, Three Ninjas, I grew up watching a lot, at least the first one. And though I really do enjoy it, I think just the other two just outweigh it a bit more. So Three Ninjas, Sayonara. Well, I'm going to jump off right off the bat and say you're wrong about that pig fig. Um, Three Ninjas is definitely solidified. It should be an untouchable. I think in 98, like 0.9% of Americans' minds, especially in our age percentile. But the Sandlot, come on, man. We got so many great fucking 90s baseball movies out there. You got Rookie of the Year. Angels oh, in the Outfield. Little Big League. I mean, we... Oh, little Big League. Sandlot shits on all of those movies, man. Oh, uh, Rookie of the Year? Yeah. 
Rookie They're of the comparable. year. And, um, and the Angels in the Outfield. Hmm, that one's... Let's revisit the sports episode and see which, which movie figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to rewind that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if you guys uh, are listening right now, go check out our sports movie one if you haven't listened to it yet. But... Uh, but- <laughs> but having said that, this was this is a hard pick. Obviously, I have to do Sandlot, even though I I love that film. It just this is it, it was that hard between this pick. But for me, Sandlot it's has high, to go. Man. So we have high. two for three ninjas. Steve, w- what did you vote off? Sandlot, Sandlot. Then Chris, you did Sandlot too as well. Oh no, you did Hook. So I guess I had to be the deciding vote here, yes, man. Huh? You do. Oh man. So between Sandlot and Three Ninjas. You don't have another Three Ninjas. <laughs> so hard. Uh, it's true. It's one of a kind. I'm again going with pure nostalgia, man. I absolutely fucking love Sandlot. I got to vote Three Ninjas off. So I never thought I'd live to two. see the day. These are my top I never thought choices. I'd love to see that day that Three Ninjas. I sent Hook Home over Three Ninjas. I just want to put that out there for the viewer. That is, I was surprised, man, but uh, you stuck to your I guns. Lo- I love the Sandlot. Well, man. hey, didn't you say uh, Home Alone came out around the same time? They're the same premise come on yeah. now back that <laughs> like a little bit here no, I'm scared. i don't know Dude, right. Sandlot, to me it was just like the embodiment of just uh like being a, a miscreant it's like the youth, goonies San- sandlot is a, such a classic film man all of them are though yeah it's a, it's a hard choice but uh good one three ninjas is getting karate chopped off the island my friends but on that note another great episode of things we dig dave thanks for uh Having us revisit Ninja Turtles, man. Such classic movies that are near and dear to my heart. But until next time, later days, my friends. Cowabunga, dudes. See you later. Sayonara, guys. I'll eat some pizza on the fucking pizza bus any day with my dudes. Great pod. No anchovies.